Hey guys, here are some bloopers from this week's episode. I am Sahan Dharmasena. And I'm Vishma Silva. Okay, Tiara. Uh, <laughs> oh, Tiara. We're <laughs> so, killing our reefs too by, you know, buying these chumpa. Actually, wait, wait, is it because I want to buy it? Can you tell me when it disappears? <laughs> like, I know when it's coming to my <laughs> Scaling it down to what we can do as you. Which means posing also. Can y'all look like y'all are talking? Can y'all actually start talking about something? Okay. Um, what about Sahan? Okay. Sahan's okay. useless. Yeah. And that is... It's that. a wrap for you. Hi everyone, welcome back into the podcast and today's episode is dedicated to what happened with the Express Pearl that's burning right outside our doorstep and to talk about that we got a very special guest as mentioned in our previous episode, Ronaldo and I spoke about it. Uh, Today's guest is going to make me very proud and we told you that we'll reveal the reason uh, on this episode itself. So our guest is... Tiara Ganegama, and the reason why I'm so proud is because she is my cousin. Yes, we are related, and uh, and she is the oceanic expert. She's very, very fond of all things marine life, and now today I got her to speak on this behalf, and our other host today is Vishmi Silva. Sound off, Vishmi. Hi, everyone. All right, Tiara, can you start off? with telling us how did you get into diving in the first place why did you become an expert or like why did you become an enthusiast in like marine life and like oceans and all that's a long story sahan i'm so happy to be here today um and sahan's my long lost annoying pestering cousin and so my experience with the ocean goes way back i've always loved the sea from a very young age Constantly got told off from my parents for staying too long in the sun and then suffering heat strokes and sunburn. So gradually as time passed, you know, our schedules get extremely packed. So I was sitting last year locked down, not able to go anywhere. And suddenly my dad was like, you know what, once lockdown finishes, let's go to golf. Little did I know what he planned out for me. He was taking me scuba diving. So that was my first experience scuba diving. And I started off in Unavatula. And so my first dive experience, they you know, took you through the briefing. And it was tough to convince myself to stop breathing from my nose and to start breathing from my mouth. But as you enter into the water, you become very comfortable, I guess. And that was the best 40 minutes of my entire life. And then I got hooked on it. So that's my ocean experience. And I absolutely love it. This is where the both of us are literally oceans apart, pun intended. Because oh my god! <laughs> my my first thought getting into uh, 
I have my reasons for this. I'll tell you why. I'm not afraid of diving and swimming. I love to swim. I love to be inside the water. It's just I'm afraid of being not alone in the water. I watch way too many. Mean, uh, yeah, something else in the water with me and something that has teeth. Okay, because okay. I watch way too many episodes of River Monsters. I love that show. I'm addicted to that show. I watch all nine seasons about three times over. that show is not good for your health like every time i get into a puddle i'm like something's gonna bite and uh, second way too many shark documentaries jaws shark week yeah way too much the moment i get in the water i just imagine an anaconda right behind me when i turn my face it's like okay i understand i have this anxiety when i get into like sea like you know not clear water when it's like all muddy and stuff like you can't really see right because uh, for me like the thing is i love the sea i love the beach and everything i love going in the sea and all that but i can't swim right i can't swim to save my life so if something happens like you know i've like you know pretty much like come to terms with it like i'm just going to die it's okay like you know i'm fine with it so like last year also like we went on this trip and like we were in the sea and then a turtle came and like you know literally bumped on my leg and i got so freaked out i almost drowned right my cousin had to like you know come and like pretty much get me out like you know because i can't see the turtle right it's under the sea so like i don't know the whole ocean thing like i love it i have like a love hate relationship with the ocean so like actually pretty brave of you tiara to like do <laughs> initially like i was nervous as well but gradually you get used to it and i think you guys should try it as well it's pretty cool you don't have to know how to swim and you won't you won't drown because you have a steady air flow unless you obviously run out of air but you still die with a body so just in case anything happens you have another person to rely on that's yeah that's actually very cool there's no way i'm going diving with unless somebody takes me so tiara take me and go there's no way i'm going alone forget about even even if i go with my friends i'm constantly going to need somebody who says not because i'm afraid of the water i'm not afraid of the water something else in the water with me that is what i'm afraid of because obviously whatever is in the water is going to be an expert swimmer i swim when i have the time that thing swims for a living there's no way you can out that's like expecting to like walk on a track while you're trying to outrun usain bolt that's not not going to happen that bugger just going to be like hey, somebody hey you got to take man take juice next month and you can be my decoy I'll feed you to the sharks and I'll swim over. Okay, first of all, if if a shark or whatever had to pick between the two of us, you're scrawny and skinny. You're like a toothpick. Yeah, It's gonna you. eat me and use you to get the pieces out of the teeth. It's like okay, one second. Hey, can you get the get the piece from the back of my mouth? Yeah, can you? Thank you. Tiara, I have to ask, what's the most interesting adventure you've had ever? Scuba diving or just snorkeling, whatever. what's the most interesting experience actually a couple of months back i was in mana and we decided to do ocean paddling have you seen those huge boards with um the pedal people standing in the middle of the ocean and you know paddling away so i decided to try it out so me my brother and my mother also came along and they initially got into the water but it's pretty tough right because you have the waves also and i was on land and I told them I want to try out so come out of the water. So I went and I sat on the board and little did I know I started drifting away. Like literally drifting away. And so initially it was funny because I could see my parents on land and I was like hey I'm drifting away. 
but after like 10 15 minutes i was like close to half a kilometer away from my parents <laughs> and i could see them becoming tiny and i was like oh my god i'm going to die today and so that area like the sea was pretty rough that day also because of it's normally in mana and the sea is pretty deep there because apparently there's like currents as well underwater so i drifted first more than a kilometer away from shore and i was stranded in the middle of the ocean on a board and so i, I was i i thought i was going to die but two hours later close to two hours later they came and rescued me and i had to swim back to shore because there was no way we could take the board back to shore because of the current that day so i had to swim close to a kilometer back to shore yeah i was very scary drank way too much salt water but it was a fun experience oh my god vishnu did you hear that did you just call a near death experience fun experience this bugger exactly i was like what i would have been traumatized oh my god I that would have been the last time i go to the beach i i thought so exactly like yeah no more sea for me oh my god I need to call Auntie and be like, "Yeah, Auntie, this one is what a suicide. Why don't you just keep an eye out?" <laughs> yeah, but it it was a good experience because I realized things can easily go wrong at sea, and sometimes, like especially after doing like a couple of dives, you tend to get too comfortable, you know, in terms of like safety checks. So there's always like a risk element, and I learned that I saw my life flash in front of my eyes. Yeah. I can imagine the rescue boat be like rescue boat coming, seeing Tiara is like, "Make the beer again, Nikki." But are you? And if Tiara was laying down on the boat, I bet they couldn't differentiate the boat and Tiara. Both would have been just like two like two wood planks on top of each other. It's like, "Come beer again." And her being like, "Yeah, no, this is fun. Like, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm having the time of my life." The shark, the shark circling us, bro. What? <laughs> I'm here shooting jaw six, and you're like, "What? Yeah, like this is fun." <laughs> Whoopee! Great fight! Yeah. Okay. Oh Now, if we were to get on to more serious business, the whole reason that we have this episode is to talk about the Express Pearl crisis. Now, Tiara, uh, could you tell our audience about what happened, like from the start? Just give us a brief rundown of everything that happened and like how it is now. Sure. So basically the cargo ship it approached Colombo in May and asked for permission to repair like a dangerous chemical leak um in the port in Sri Lanka. So Sri Lanka said okay and the ship entered into our waters. But one thing that later came out was it had actually asked several other countries to allow the ship in as well and this was Qatar and India. But Qatar and India said they don't have the type of um specialist facilities and the experts to deal with this type of chemical leak of nitric acid and this leak required like immediate um immediate uh, help to kind of fix it up right and so those big countries didn't have the facilities either so they denied access but the thing is sri lanka allowed this ship to come into our waters and so this chemical leak um so there's a huge amount of heat generated from these chemicals and that ended up causing a fire that burned on for days on and later sank into our ocean so i think it's one of the most spoken about topics over the past few months and that's because of the scale of destruction that this ship has done 
And this is probably, I would say, the worst maritime disaster, not only within our lifetimes, but also in, for our future generations as well, because the damage, certain damages are irreversible. So it's, it's terrible and it's sad to see it happen. And so Tiara, could you like further elaborate on the damage that was caused? Sure. I, I like to look at this damage in three main sort of aspects. Firstly, the chemical leak caused by this ship. So this, this vessel actually carried 15,000 barrels of mercury and other chemicals mixed with oil. So out of this, 25 tons were nitric acid. So nitric acid is one of the most dangerous chemicals. So this is actually used to make artificial fertilizers and also explosives. So I don't know if you guys have heard, the explosion that took place in Beirut was actually caused by a nitric acid leak. And so it's an extremely dangerous chemical we're talking about here. So the minute this chemical entered into the water, the damages to the ecosystem are pretty severe. So the nitric acid actually has the ability to dissolve the flesh of all the creatures around there. And we're talking about this happening in Nigambo, which is an area I have dived a month before this incident happened. And it has a huge concentration of fish and marine life. It, and also, so it's terrible. So all of these animals would have suffered due to this leak. And in addition to that, this nitric acid also has the ability to dissolve calcium carbonate, which means corals. So this impacts corals as well. And over the past few weeks, we've also seen so much of marine life get washed up on our beaches, right? We're talking about turtles, dolphins, whales. And even though it, it recently only they were able to actually pinpoint that this chemical leak was the thing that led to the death of these creatures, um, irrelevant of how it exactly happened, this is extremely because the minute these species, you know, all die and we're talking about very rare animals as well, like the leatherback turtles getting washed up. So it's sad because there's a chance of these species actually going extinct. So this is the type of damages that this chemical leak has. So like, obviously, even myself, I'm not the biggest empath out there, but this disaster actually shocked me to like the core. I can't imagine the impact it must have had on you because like, I don't even know context to the uh, extent that you knew, but I don't know, seeing the Sri Lankan, you know, ecosystem get harmed, the whole marine animals getting killed and everything that, I don't know, that actually shocked me to the core. That was actually horrible to see. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, I, I didn't even watch news during those days because to know that you were there, right there in the exact same location, diving and looking at all those fish, I, it was heartbreaking to see it happen. And I, so in addition to this, yeah, sorry. And uh, even the uh, investigations that were supposed to take place, they took so long. And uh, obviously this has more to do on a state basis rather than you know a personal obligation. It was the state's obligation to quickly uh, investigate what had happened and why the marine life was, uh, you know, being washed up ashore this much. And obviously to calculate the damage of because not just because of uh, now, obviously, as a state, your main concern right now would be uh, compensation, right? Because you have caused an, a tremendous amount of damage. Obviously, as a state, we are entitled to compensation. But rather than that, uh, at least to uh, like pinpoint and save certain species, you know, move them away, uh, like give them a different ecosystem, make sure the uh, 
make sure their breeding habits don't get broken because sometimes you know mating season happens in a certain area and if the area is different in a different environment it wouldn't be the same so at least to calculate a certain damage evaluation they should have been quicker on my opinion in that sense because we don't know how much we've lost until we do a full uh, complete full and complete investigation yeah that's true and the thing is thing with chemical leaks is is that you can't necessarily move the marine mammals because that's their habitat that's their environment they're from so once these chemicals enter the water i think you're pretty much helpless in because you cannot separate these chemicals if it's an oil spill it's a different story there are mitigation methods that you can do but when it comes to a chemical spill that is extremely harmful but i think i agree with you in terms of acting uh, more prompt they fail to do so i would say i heard from one of the sources that um it they actually took so many hours to reach the ship after it started burning and to put down the fire so all those could have played a huge part in actually mitigating the damage so in addition to um the oil spill another thing is the nurdles and the plastic pellets getting washed up on our beaches but i would say the forces did an amazing job to clear up the whole nigambo stretch but still this this isn't a one time sort of beach clean up you can't finish it off these nurdles continuously wash up on our beaches and they're tiny right they're only 5 mm so they um, actually fall under microplastics so the more these microplastics remain on our beaches the more they absorb toxics and like the the more they remain in our beaches they get so mixed up with the sand it's hard to separate last a few days back i was actually in mount beach and i started digging up and i found microplastics like pretty deep in the on our beach so these type of microplastics are extremely harmful because they have like low density so they float on the water so marine life would eat these microplastics we're also talking not about fish only about the shorebirds they would also eat these microplastics so in that aspect too i would say there's a huge damage with these plastic pellets Yeah, could you uh, further elaborate what these plastic pellets and nurdles are? Sure. So these plastic pellets are actually the raw materials behind majority of the plastic products we use. So if you've seen them, they're tiny, they're white, they're five millimeters. So they qualify under a microplastic. And so these type of microplastics would have been coming to Sri Lanka. to be used as uh, to make the shopping bags we find in supermarkets and also lunch sheets so these microplastics actually have low density which means they float in water so i collected a few samples as well you can easily if you take a a handful of microplastics mixed with sand and you put it inside a water basin they will easily float on top so there's more likely of a chance that fish are going to eat this plastic thinking it's food and it could carry along the food chain as well because we eat fish as well so there was 78 metric tons of microplastic on board the express bar oh wow the i saw i saw on the news that uh, the forces were doing a lot of work because they were i saw at one point they were knee deep in those pellets and they were removing them like it was a plastic like a coating or whatever they were just lifting it up and just trying to move it away and uh, so if there were 78 metric tons 78 metric tons okay that would mean that we haven't even gotten the full effect of it as of now 
so man, basically just we can safely say like majority majority of it is still in the ocean yeah for sure it's definitely out there because we don't know so these microplastics would have been in either barrels or bags right what to say certain bags actually sink down to the bottom of the ocean and then it could be you know tomorrow or it could be in months time it gets torn apart and these plastics actually float on our beaches and get rewashed into the uh, shore so this plastic issue isn't going to be solved within the span of the next few months i would say it's something that's going to prolong for so long that's horrible apart from what you say the chemical spill and these plastic pellets what else are we looking at based on like what has happened for well, yeah, the possible Uh, another possible thing that could happen is an oil spill which um we're not exactly sure as to whether it already happened yet or whether it's happening certain satellite images uh, and people think that it probably happened and but yet there isn't anyone definitely pinpointing that it's an oil spill that has happened so actually this ship carried 300 metric tons of oil and this is not the good oil we're talking about this is like cheap like non refined oil so the minute it spills into our ocean this would be a third degree oil spill which means sri lanka can't handle this type of oil spills by ourselves we have to receive international aid so hopefully i guess we hopefully we're prepared in a likely process of an oil spill in the future but in certain ships actually i read um so the oil is considered in in one of the chambers inside the ship so sometimes because of the heat there are chances are that the oil would have also vaporized and it's gone so therefore the oil spill might not happen but it all depends because right now the ship is beneath the water it's 21 meters below um in the water so uh, but there is a definitely a possibility that an oil spill could happen so there are different extraction methods actually so the minute an oil spill happens you can actually um you can surround the area with like barriers and it floats right so you can clean it or else you can dive into the shipwreck and extract the oil which is a much more expensive process i prefer not to make this conversation political but i bet we are definitely ready to receive international aid more than anything else but uh, moving on i kind of said that like certain people put their um needs above the needs of the state right Yeah, one thing is. one thing is uh, definitely sure we are the what you call mutuate of the indian ocean i don't know about mutu but the rest of it is true <laughs> read between the lines <laughs> yeah that's a lovely country we live in i mean proud to say that we are at this point i mean it is a lovely country it's just like you know yeah it's a lovely country it's just yeah. long management mm. yeah unfortunately yes Okay so Tiara um apart from this disaster what other threats or other challenges are faced by our oceans in addition to i guess this express pearl disaster that everyone started talking about there have been so much of um threats that have been taking place right beneath us in our oceans and often it goes unheard because there's less awareness people don't come out and talk about these issues so i would say one of the key issues i would talk about is the overexploitation and overfishing around our coasts and we see that the minute you fish in numbers that aren't viable to maintain healthy populations that's when it really hurts our fishing industry 
and it'll end of the day overfishing around our coastline would not only hurt these you know species right so chances that species have would might go extinct or endangered but also it will directly hurt our livelihoods as well and especially as sri lankans 25% of our population actually depend on these fisheries and if we continue these trends uh, in a couple of years there might not be enough fish in the ocean for us to fish and so i i think there's an entire like an issue to talk about in terms of the fishing industry as a whole in sri lanka i've also heard stories of um them using dynamite fishing in manner so that is illegal but it's extremely harmful because you you would destroy the entire sort of region and it's not only fish but also coral life and there are huge fishing trawlers so in sri lanka you want to love to actually use these huge trawlers that have extremely big nets they scrape the entire ocean bed so that means you use you lose the coral life as well as the fish in our ocean so india is actually terrible compared to that sri lanka our ocean bed is slightly better um so i think in addition to like this fishing industry that we see a rising trend of fishing sharks and manta rays in sri lanka which i find extremely interesting and sad because these sharks and rays have really low reproductive rates which means if you kill a shark or a ray it's basically a one time kill you and the minute you do this their populations are already so little so you're further going to endanger these species so there's a huge um so these and you only kill the sharks for their fins and the manta rays for their gills and all of this is exported to countries like china so there's a huge demand from china to actually fish these innocent animals in sri lanka again uh, there was this uh, recent i, I think uh, it was a youtube video or something that i watched uh, it was about uh, how uh, certain uh, fishing industries they use a specific type uh, of fishing they only hunt sharks and what they do is they uh, i can't remember the method that they use but they hunt sharks they cut the fins off and they drop the shark back into the ocean without fins now a shark without fins is basically that's basically a death sentence not only because it can't hunt and it will die of starvation blood in the ocean would mean it would attract other predators and something below the food chain like below the shark can actually make the shark a target because now the shark can't swim it can't move so it's basically a sitting duck for whatever is that's and let's okay obviously nature is not uh, you know a very you know a pretty place obviously everything is either eaten or eating so there's no between in between that so in a place like that obviously things like you know animals eat each other but this is a horrible way for an animal to die just like you know cut off its only chance of survival right because you can't say a shark is evil for eating other fish or like attacking other fish because that's how it eats that's it that's the same principle as calling a lion or a tiger evil right you can't do you can't say that's evil because that's just their only uh, idea is to eat not to cause harm but if you do that and you drop the shark back into the ocean well, that's a cruel way to kill an animal yes it's it's basically torture i would say and um these sharks they act out of their own natural instinct right and i think particularly a lot of these films like jaws has to do with the wrong idea portrayed around these sharks they're actually harmless i dive with sharks in uh, trinco island which is the black tip reef shark 
Yeah, but they, they're really nice. They're, they're, I haven't touched them, obviously. I just watched them swim past me, but they're extremely harmless. They won't swim behind you and come and eat you. Cause I they, don't think have there's much of them. you to eat. I mean, you're, they would have, they might attack <laughs> your brother, but like, I doubt there's much of you. Like I said, toothpick, come on. Like, yeah, can you clean? <laughs> no, but I mean, the predators are created in a certain way to prey, right? That's like their whole purpose. So we can't really blame them for like, being predators nature's design that's yeah exactly yeah it's like, it's like i've been designed to annoy someone <laughs> <laughs> right of course she has no idea how to annoy that's that's bothering me because i annoy I she's so adorable like i i am disappointed for one and just annoyed. like i am annoyed by the fact that she can't annoy that's the only- <laughs> you suck at this how 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 are you like this like our, the, everybody in our family is very good at annoying people. That's basically <laughs> you go to any family no. gathering. Just look at how good we are at annoying others. Nobody is just sitting there. Everybody is annoying somebody. Yeah, but I have never met you at a family gathering. Only at funerals. We actually funny uh-huh. story. We are only met at funerals and SLMUN. Other than that, we what? haven't met. We haven't like you know like here want to go out and grab something to eat. No, not never like that. It's always funerals. Oh my God. Dan, Dan, no, not Dan. Funerals and SLM. That is it. Oh, wow. But your grandma came with me. She picked me up from school one day and we had like a, this spend the day. Uh, another <laughs> funny story. Tiara looks like, Tiara looks exactly like her grandmother. Tiara looks like a younger version of her grandmother. You can be like before really? and after with her grandmother. They look exactly the same. Yeah, people say. Yeah. So Tiara, uh, now obviously we have to get to this part, which is the most important part. As the youth of our country, what can we do to contribute, at least to help out? Now that this has happened, not like for this, in like things like this for not to happen. Like sometimes it's out of our control. It happens anyway. So since this has happened, what can we do to contribute? I agree with you, Sahan. I think the destruction has been done. But if we act now, there is still room for change. I don't know if you've heard of the nine planetary boundaries. So this looks like the atmosphere, ocean acidification. So the next 10 years, which is going to be the most crucial to bring in policies to restore these planetary boundaries and bring them back into safe conditions. And so this looks like bringing in different policies to make sure that we don't exploit our planet further. But scaling it down, as to what we can do as youth, I would say it starts off from yourself. You can start off within your own households. And these are not huge lifestyle changes we're asking. But it's simple things like every time you go to the supermarket, take your own reusable cloth bag. Don't um, you know re- go and get these polythene bags from our supermarkets. Carry a um, metal straw with you everywhere you go. And if you go to a shop, you demand for plastic-free alternatives like a paper straw. So it's simple things like that that could actually contribute um, in the long run to creating a change. And also another thing is to be mindful about your actions and how your actions could actually have consequences in the environment. It also looks like you eating more sustainable seafood, the local seafood that you can ensure that is being fished in a sustainable method that is friendly to our oceans and our planet. I mean, you don't have to completely stop eating seafood, but if you can reduce your consumption, that would definitely help to restore these 
uh, population of fish we're talking about. And most importantly, I would say, use your voice to advocate for these voiceless marine animals and our oceans, because it goes a long way. The minute you talk about these issues and you create awareness, you can educate the communities you're from. And I think that's the most important step we can contribute to. Well, thank you so much for educating us on this issue and everything else, Tiara. Yeah, I think we all learned a lot we didn't know about this issue and the whole of our marine life and how important it is to us. So thank you so much for joining with us. And it was really nice talking with you. Sahan, do you have anything to say? Yes, Tiara, thank you so much for uh, joining in on the podcast. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. And uh, obviously, you told us in great detail about how the crisis has happened and how it will affect. And as the youth, what we can do to sort the issue at hand, because right now, now that it has happened, we just need to know about what's the extent of the damage and how do we fix it. Nothing else matters at this point. So what we need to do as the youth and uh, how can we prevent something like this from happening again? So thank you so much for taking part in our podcast and we appreciate you sparing your time for us. I know you have a very busy schedule. She doesn't do anything. She just tells us she has a busy schedule. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really enjoyed it. And guys, with that, I am Sahan Dharmasena. And I'm Vishma Silva. This is Tiara Ganegama and we're signing off.